0: Let's just give him an offering of praise this morning. Our God, our God is greater. Our God the healer. Our God the deliverer. Our God the savior. Our God's our King. He's the King of Kings. The Lord of Lords. Amen. It was of him that he's the Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning. He's the end. He's the of David, he's the Friday morning star, and he's my God this morning, my God, amen, hallelujah. Aren't you glad to know Jesus today, amen, to be here in his presence, to know that he'll speak to our hearts, and he'll reveal himself to you through his word, he's still God, amen. If you're in need today, he's still God in that situation, you're sick in your body, he's still the healer. If you're lost, he's still the Savior. Amen. There's still mercy. There's still grace. He's still God. Amen. And he's here for you this morning to minister to you and to your need. Let's just go to the Lord right now and just ask him to speak to us. Maybe you've got a need in your heart and life and you just like to lift a hand toward God and say, Lord, I, I need you. Will you come by my way today? Will you speak to me, Lord? You see the hearts and the lives of many, those that are here in this building, those who are watching in from around the world, way down into places down in South Africa, over into Japan, down in the Philippines, over in Europe asia wherever they are lord down in the south americas canada lord throughout the united states they're all listening in today lord if not there'll be some of mark have in this service father they're looking to you to know a living god not just a god of history but a present-day god A God who is showing himself alive with infallible proofs of his resurrection. A God that we can say, he's my God, and in him I can trust. In him I know my needs can be supplied, and I'm a needy person. I'm not like Laodicea that says, God, I don't need you. But I'm here saying, with all my heart, I need you. I must have you. I pray, Lord, you'll just minister to hearts today you saw those that would reach out to you with a lifted hand lord we pray that you'll speak to them just reveal yourself lord you're doing wonderful mighty things in this last day as we're finishing up the end time prophecies and all the things that have been written in the bible have been pointing to this hour and we're here in the very fulfillment of the of, of the very plan of god that you had in your mind before the world began and we're here lord in this part of the finishing age lie right here in the last age of laodicea about ready lord to move from here hearing the trumpet call saying come up hither lord we've already heard it say come up hither and i'll show you things to come i'll reveal to you this the mysteries of god the things that are written in the book. But Lord, we want to hear that voice say, hey, come up hither, where we're changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. We know, Lord, the time is near. We can feel it in our hearts. We can see the circumstances that is happening in our, in our world, in our nation. Lord, oh God, this, the, the increase, of, even as we're seeing plagues begin to be poured out, as their as precursors to what is coming. But, Lord, we don't want to be here in the tribulation. You promised it would be a rapture. And we're looking to the promise, Lord. And we just pray, pray that you'll prepare us today for that moment. If there's one soul that is unprepared, I pray, oh, God, you'll bring them into that place they should be. Lord, if there's those that are sick, may they know The angel of God is passing to the midst, and he's the healer of every disease. He's the angel of the covenant. May the pillar of fire just come and move among us today, and we know your power is among us in a mighty way. We are asking it in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, I'm just a man, and I can only do what men can do. I can read the Bible. I can read the Scripture that you put You put in sacred pages for our learning and admonition. But that's all I can do, Lord. I just pray now that the anointing of the Spirit will take us into places that we couldn't go as a man, but as a son of God that we can enter into a realm where there is a divine revelation that comes forth and divine inspiration and anointing from the Most High i pray oh god that not only will these lips be anointed but the ears of the hearer be anointed may we see you're doing something very very wonderful in this hour you've not forgotten us you're not going to leave us behind but you're here lord for your children right here in this very hour we ask it in jesus name amen amen god bless you Good to have each one of you in the house of the Lord today. And would that you turn with me to the book of Exodus chapter 23. We're going to read a few verses there before you're seated. Exodus chapter 23, and we'll start with verse 20. Amen. We appreciate all the wonderful, special songs. and Amen. And from the different ones that were here, we just had a wedding yesterday where we married off one of our... One of our uh, daughters here in the church and uh, the Wilson family uh, sending one of their daughters there to sojourn in Amarillo. So, we'll miss her, but we know she'll be in good hands. Amen. And so, we just committed into the Lord, and, you know, we commit ourselves to the Lord as well. Amen. So, we appreciate all of you coming, being a part of that. Also want to say thank you to the home group for You for everything that you did and your labors to try to make that real successful, and it was really beautiful and wonderful. Amen, and God bless you for every effort that you made. As much as you do to the least of these, my little ones, you've done it unto me. Amen. That's what Jesus said. Exodus chapter 23, verse 20. Behold, I send an angel before thee, to keep thee in the way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him and obey his voice. Provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. But if thou shalt indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy unto thine enemies and an adversary unto thine adversaries. For mine angels shall go before thee and bring thee into the Amorites, and the Hittites, and the Perizzites, and the Canaanites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, and I will cut them off. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Amen. I, we are going to be speaking today on Led by the Angel, the Pillar of Fire. And, and of course, we have been speaking on a series on the people of the book and uh, we, are the, we are the people of the book who have returned to the land of the book. And this was a thing that I picked up when I was in Israel some, um, some time ago and just have been talking about what lays in the promised land of the Bible. Amen. Because we have been restored back to, what, uh, to that promised land. And, and what we are seeing today is The children of Israel being led back to that promised land. And I want to say I believe that we are led by the same angel, the same pillar of fire. Which was none other than the pre-incarnate Christ, Jesus Christ. And, And so we're led by the pillar of fire. You know, sometimes the ways of the Lord are often hard to understand. For just as soon as they came out of Egypt, God led them into a trap. AND THEY WERE HEMMED UP by, in, in BY THE MOUNTAINS, AND THEIR PATH WAS BLOCKED BY THE SEA WITH PHARAOH'S ARMY COMING BEHIND THEM. AND GOD PUT THEM TO THE test, and, AND THEY GOT SCARED, AND IT PROVOKED GOD. AND HE SAID, WHY DO YOU CRY AT ME? JUST SPEAK AND GO FORWARD. THIS IS FOUND IN EXODUS 14:15 THAT THE LORD SAID TO MOSES, WHEREFORE criest THOU UNTO ME, SPEAKING TO THE CHILDREN OF ISRAEL, that they go forward now Moses was crying out to God in a time of trouble and God was in turn rebuking Moses back when trouble was uh, was all around them and you know it's but it's just nature it seems like for people to cry out you know you can have the greatest revival which they had just left Egypt with a high hand and, and they were going out rejoicing with great possessions. And, and, and they were saying, we're not a slave any longer. And we can worship our God in freedom. And they, were, they were having a jubilee. But then they look and they see that the enemy is pursuing them. He's coming right along behind them. and. He has, uh, and, and they see that not only that, but there's mountains here and mountains there, and, and then there is a Red Sea in front of them, and it looks like there is no way of escape. Right. But, you know, so it looks like they were in a, in a great strait, a different, you know, real problems that they were in, no way of escape, um, surrounded by the enemy and, um, and here the enemy was coming to destroy them, to kill them, to, uh, to take them, some of them back captive again. And, um, and so, you know, here they had seemingly a reason to be crying out to God and saying, God, why did you bring us here? And sometimes we wonder, why are we in the place that we're in? Why are we now in this situation? Why does it look like, that every escape route is, is cut off, and, and the enemy is hot on our trail, and there, there's no way to escape. And, and so, you know, this was a very trying moment, and God brings us many times to trying moments. He'll bring us to great victories, only to bring us through great trials. He would fill Jesus with the Spirit at the River Jordan only to lead him in the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. You see, there's, you know, we, when we go through life and, and our journey as a Christian, it is a road with, that, that is fraught with difficulties. But God is trying to teach us, I'm there in the hard times. I'm there in the good times. I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. This is his promise that he is making to you. And he wants to show himself God on your behalf. Everything that a God is. He's a healer, deliverer, savior, satisfier, a peace giver. He is all of that. Amen. And he wants to show himself alive on your behalf. So he'll bring you to situations perhaps like you're in today. Amen. Where there seems to be no way through this and there's trouble on every hand, that don't mean that God is abandoned you. That means that we have been following a pillar of fire, and that's the way the Lord has led us, right into this place that looks like a trap. Amen. But you see, you know, Moses had met God in a burning bush of fire. He had heard the voice of God speak out of the midst of that fire. And he didn't have to worry about it being a scriptural voice because God had already wrote in his word that, uh, and told to Abram that of surety that thy seed will be stranger in a land that is not there and shall serve them and they shall afflict them 400 years. And then he, then he told them and gave them the promise, but afterwards that I will bring them out of that nation and i will judge them and they will come out with a great substance and and he says in the fourth generation they shall come hither again and then he tells us is because the iniquity of the amorites is not yet full and so god could not dispossess those in that land until they had sinned until there was no more mercy amen now their reaches can reach a point in a nation that can reach a point um, that there is no more mercy. That you cross the line between uh, judgment and mercy, and and so the Amorites would do this, and God in that season would come to bring His word to pass. Now, for us, the promise is also true. There's even a greater promised land in view, and Jesus said, "I'm coming back." Now, just think now, and if they had a promise, you're, you're going to have a deliverer, and he'll lead you out with a great substance, and uh, you will be down there for a certain length of time, and then I'll bring you out. And the wheels of God's cogs of prophecies, it ground slow but sure, but one day it reached the hour. Amen. And I want to tell you, Jesus said, he left us a promise, and he said, I'm coming back, Amen. And the wheels of God's cogs of prophecies have grown. They have grown slow but sure. And we're right here in the very cycle of the coming of Jesus Christ. We're right here in the very hour where the seventh seal has been opened and breaking the silence, revealing the mysteries, and they ushered in the coming of the Lord. And one event after another event after another event has taken place. Amen. To bring to pass the rapture of the church. I say, this is a very wonderful hour we have been brought to. Now, when Jesus said, I'm coming back, remember, remember he had left this word even as they washed him of sin, and they saw a cloud receive him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as He went up, behold, there stood, the Bible said, two men in white apparel that was standing beside them, there must have been angels which said, you men of Galilee, why stand you gazing into heaven? This same Jesus, which was taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. I'd say that's a promise we need to hold on to. This same Jesus is coming again. Hebrews 9, 28 said, so Christ, having offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear the second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who eagerly wait for him. I believe we're a people that are eagerly waiting for it. And this is the hour of deliverance. Notice he'll not deal with sin. He'll not go to Calvary, but he's coming back, and this time not dealing with sin, but to take us in a rapture. This is a salvation that he has promised for this last day. This is a rapture hour. Amen. Revelation 22, he said, Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay everyone for what he has done. He says again, but Peter would say, When the chief shepherd appears, you will receive that unfading crown of glory. And then he says, I will come again. We know these words. I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Amen. Oh, think about it. The separation, him being there and us being here, is about to be over with. Amen. All the plans of the ages have been looking toward this moment and this time, and I tell you, it's about to be over with. The separation of the bride and groom. He's been waiting a long time for the marriage supper. He's been waiting for a long time to take his people home. Amen. The church has been waiting a long time. But we have not, none of us waited in vain because he's going to do exactly what he said he would do. We have a promise. Hallelujah. We have a promise. For he says, the Lord himself. Shout sin from heaven with a shout. And we're right here where a message has come forth in this last day. Amen. Bringing the presence of God in a word. Amen. To a people to bring them into rapturing faith, into a rapturing condition by rapturing grace. Amen. And the, and the Bible said, And with the voice of an archangel and with the sound of the trumpet, and the dead in Christ will rise. And we which are alive and remain will be caught up together to meet him in the clouds. And we will be forever with the Lord. What a promise is that? No doubt Israel had held his promise a long time. But he told us we're going to leave Egypt. I have been quoting to you the promise of our Messiah who has been telling us, one day you're going to leave this world. You're going to leave this Egypt behind. One day you're going, I'm coming for you. Amen. And I'm going to prepare your hearts for that. I've got to do things to change you from unbelief to believing again. Because when I come, well, I find faith. Well, looking ahead, he didn't see any faith. So God promised, "I'll I'll send Elijah the prophet. Before the great and dreadful day of the Lord, to turn the hearts of the children back to believing again, and that's what we got to do. Is we must come back to be a people of faith, a people who believe, amen. Not just give it lip service, but see it working in our midst. To know our God is greater than can. Our God is greater than disease. Our God is greater than sin. Our God is greater than all these other things. Listen, this is what God wants to show us. This is what He was showing Israel. I am greater than the gods of the Nile. I am greater than Belgium the Fire. I am greater than the gods of Egypt. I am the of the This is an hour of freedom. This is an hour of deliverance. Amen. Now, this is, may seem a little bit strange to some for a moment. But did you just read the Pentagon confirming the video of UFO sightings? Greenish light, pyramid shaped. They can't explain. You know that's the same color of the pillar of fire it's an amber color yellowish green you know that's the same shape the seven angels came in amen don't you know that these are signs of investigating angels of judgment amen don't you know that the rapture itself is a judgment i'll take one and leave one Amen. There'll be two in the bed. I'll take one and leave one. There'll be two work in the field. I'll take one and leave one. That's a judgment. Amen. God's going to have a rapture, and he's going to judge those that he finds faith in. Listen, he's not looking for church membership. Amen. He's not looking for good tithe payers. He's not looking just for good, good people. He wants to find somebody that'll believe his word. That to believe every promise of God to be true, that to give His Word preeminence yes. over everything. Yes. I hear Brother Branham saying this. He said, "You see these little pockets going to the air? They call saucers. Well, that well, we better leave that alone. Hear all these people come up missing? You say don't hear from them? They're standing there, and then they're not there." That's the way the rapture is going to be. One of them will drop right down in this terrestrial body, take on celestial body, and there'll be hide hair or bones left. It'll be transformed in, in a moment of time, dropping right out of space and taking home that. And we see that all this going on, the Pentagon wondering, what about these lights and mystic lights and everything they're seeing in the sky? And you've seen they had one in the paper at Jeffersonville this week and, and and a mystic light. Oh, they don't know what that is. But listen, little children. It's going to pick you up one of these days. Now, that may seem wild. That may even seem absurd or unbelievable to the carnal mind. But I'll tell you what, if you were William Branham, and you were standing there in, in 1946, and you saw there a yellowish-green light like a pillar of fire hang in a room, and you watched as a 200-pound man walked out of it, and, and there would give him a message and say, I'm giving you a gift of divine healing to take to the world, which would spur the divine healing movement. This would actually spark the whole, the whole 40s and 50s and 60s divine healing movement. He would be the one who would herald the whole movement and, the, and would be the start of the, of the full gospel and on into the charismatics as they, they would see the gift of God and the healings and the miracles that would come from this man meeting an angel of God who stepped out of a light. And then he would step back in that light and leave. If you saw that, you wouldn't find it hard to believe that one day a light would sweep down and take you out of here. Amen. Moses wouldn't find it hard to believe. He had already seen there was a light in a pillar of fire coming in a burning bush and an angel was in it. Elijah wouldn't find it hard to believe. There was a, uh, a chariot of fire and horses of fire that came down and he rode home, man. Come on, church. This is Bible. And we're living in Bible day. Now, I don't know anything about this fanaticism of little green men and, and all this nonsense stuff, but I'll tell you what, I do know something about a light. I do know something about a pillar of fire. I do know something about an angel of God. And one of these days, that light, God is light. Like I have told many a dying person, listen, don't worry about it, but as you come to your last breath, you will look, and maybe everything will go dark for a moment as your human eyes shut down, but in a moment, you'll see a light. And you just start moving toward that light. And I'm going to tell you something. There's a light coming for you. Amen. In the Bible, it's called a pillar of fire. It's called a cloud. Jesus went up and ascended in a cloud. Come on. And I'm telling you, there's a cloud of witnesses that Paul talks about. Amen. And th- those cloud of witnesses are on the other side right now, and uh, if we can just hear their voices. They're screaming uh, as if they're in the grandstands and watching you run the race and saying, don't give up now. Amen. Amen. Don't stop now. There's a race to be finished, and you're the last ones. Run that race. Put everything you got into it. It's inside I don't want this world I'll leave it all behind you know we would find that hard to believe but not only did others but but not only that but others saw the angel but night after night service after service the hearts were discerned the sick was healed the deaf heard Mute spoke, the blind saw. Amen. Yes, sir. We're we're not talking about something that's unrecorded. We're not talking about some mystic story. Amen. In Camden, Arkansas, right up here just north of us, Brother Branham was in 1947, was in the high school auditorium there. He had been invited there by Reverend Adams, who had heard of the angelic visitation. And it was one of his first meetings after the angel of God had come to him. And people were there out of curiosity and with an attitude of prove it. You said you saw an angel and you have this gift of healing. Well, prove it. And Brother Branham pleaded with them to believe, for without God all things are possible. But the crowd continued just to remain unbelieving and starchy and unconvinced. And you know, you can't blame people with years and years of unbelief crammed down their throats, saying the days of miracles are past, and God doesn't do that anymore. Hey man, listen, we got to be a New Testament church. In the New Testament, angels of God came down. I just, read, I just quoted where two stood there and said, this one you saw go away will come again in like manner. There was there at the tomb. There there was two angels at the tomb. Come on. Amen. We can go and we can talk about Peter and and they're loose from prison. We can talk about Paul on the ship. Amen. We, We can talk about many other instances where the angel of God was there directing the church. That's a New Testament church. That's a book of Acts church. We have every right to expect the pillar of fire to be among us. Amen. And there, when they were, suddenly there was, the atmosphere changed. Brother Branham could feel the presence that had stepped out of that light of the angel of the Lord. And he saw that whirling fire come down through the doors of the back of the gymnasium. And he said, I won't have to speak about it anymore because here it comes now. And that supernatural fire moved up the aisle just above the heads of the people. Men and women screamed and fainted or recoiled in shock. There in the aisle was a crippled Baptist minister sitting in a wheelchair positioned right in the aisle partway to the front. And when the pillar of fire rolled rolled over him, he jumped out of his rolling prison and pushed that wheelchair down the aisle praising God as loud as he could shout. The pillar of fire would continue right to the platform where it stopped just about above Brother Bradham's head. And at that moment, Reverend Adams, who was standing on the platform, rushed toward the light as he was going, as if he was going to touch it. And, and he, he was pointing toward it shouting, I see it, I see it. And, and it grew brighter and it temporarily blinded him as he staggered backwards. And before it disappeared, there was a newspaper photographer snapped a picture of it catching the supernatural light on the film. And and then after that, miracle after miracle took place. The next day, the reporter came to his motel room with the photograph, and they looked at it. And the reporter explained, said, now look, there's four evenly spaced lights just below the balcony. And they were the only lights behind you. And that meant the glowing light around your head had to be supernatural. And the reporter said, you know, I'm a Baptist, and I came to this meeting a skeptic. And I thought all of this talk about the angel was healing, and healing was just psychology. But I want the Holy Ghost the way you got it. That very moment, the motel manager came in, and they showed her the picture, and she said, well, that's the reason I came to see you. I was in the meeting last night, too, and I saw the light, and I want to be born again. Hallelujah. Yet still won't believe even if one rose from the dead. And Jesus did rise from the dead. And people still don't believe his resurrection power. And now he's showing himself signs of his return, but there's got to be somebody to believe it. You know, Brother Branham is gone now. He is this, this year will be 56 years. He's been dead as long as he was alive. But listen to what he said. And you remember this. When I'm gone, Jesus will still be here. Amen. That's it. Yes. Yes. Human beings are temporal. Human beings come and they go. But Jesus yes. Never changes. He's always there. And he's looking for somebody to believe him. Amen. Oh, yes. As we look at that, he said, we know that God takes his man, but never takes his spirit. If God was leading the church then by the pillar of fire, God is leading the church now by the same way. God is still here with us. The pillar of fire still moves among us. You say, what is that pillar of fire? It's the Holy Ghost. Come on. Amen. He divided himself on the day of Pentecost among 120 in the upper room and licks from that fire came down upon them and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I'm talking about a people that not only would have the presence of the pillar of fire among us, but the presence of the pillar of fire is in us. It's called by the battleground is the mother Holy Ghost. He comes to dwell in you forever. Now, Brother Branham would tell us, that pillar of fire has nothing to do with me. I'm just a man. That pillar of fire is in the church, not only with me, it's with every one of you. It's in all of us. He would say again, that same pillar of fire that followed the children of Israel is following the Holy Ghost church tonight. Moses was just one of the prophets among the children of Israel. He wasn't the children of Israel. He was just one of them. The pillar of fire never just followed Moses, although he said, I'll send my angel before thee to keep thee in the way. But it wasn't just for Moses only. It was for all of Israel. Let's never forget this. This is not about a man. This is about him, Jesus Christ. Amen. And the deity of Jesus Christ, Brother Branham would say this. He said, Jesus said, my kingdom was of this world. I would call many legions of, of angels, but my kingdom is not of this world, but my kingdom is heaven. And said the kingdom of God will be within you. So, therefore, legions and powers of the the backing of the holy angels, hallelujah, is in you, was born into you by the deity of Jesus Christ, by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The powers of angels. Amen. Jesus said it. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Amen. This is what is to be in the church. His church is to be a display of his power. And we are to have the pillar of fire among us until the ages close. Think about that. That the same angel that was leading the church back then, leading them from Egypt to the promised land, is the same angel in the pillar of fire that's leading the church today. (laughs) Amen. Notice the angel of God, Jesus Christ, the pre-incarnate Christ. This was the Logos that would become flesh. Now, let me tell you, the words of promise, if it was given to, to Moses, that first to Abraham, but Moses now would receive it personally to himself, that your seed will sojourn in a strange land for 400 years, and then I will bring them out. And this became a cornerstone scripture to Moses because he knew it was the time. He knew it was the hour. He knew it was the moment. And we have words that God has given us. Now, those were prefigures or types, so we know the same word then speaks with us. So we know the iniquity of the Amorites has become greater and greater, and sin has about reached its height. Now, you don't think there's investigating judgments that goes on. Well, in the days of Sodom there was. Amen. There was was Elohim and two angels that came down. and And two of them would go down and visit Sodom while the one stayed with Abraham. Is that right? And they said, I have come down to see if the cries that I've heard that has reached up to heaven are true. Because God comes to man and he speaks to him as if he were a man. Because God already knew they were true. But he comes down to do an investigating judgment. And he comes to call the elect out of Sodom. Amen. But to Abraham and his group, he was going to give them the promised son. Oh, hallelujah. Don't you see where we're at, church? There is, a, there is a Sarah. There is an old woman, an old church, an old 2,000-year-old church that has been expecting the son a long time. And she's been barren for many, many years. But she's been like Sarah. She's been looking there, maybe sometimes even giving up on the promise. Come on. This is what Sarah did. She finally gets it up. It ain't even going to happen for me. It can happen for Hagar. Abraham, it can happen for you, but it can't happen for me. Are you with me? Amen. But there come a time when the visitation of the angel who discerned her heart and turned her back to faith again. Amen. You see, something had to be done for Sarah to get her out of unbelief, to start believing again. And that's what God has had to do in this end time. Take the 2,000-year-old church that has been looking for the promised son for years and years, but before he can come back, he's got to have somebody believe in him again that believes he's the same yesterday, today and forever, the same in every detail except for his corporal body. And his word never returns to him void. He don't send it out, and it comes back empty. Isaiah 55, 10 says, For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth, and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be, that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing which I sent it unto. If God released a word, come on, amen, no longer, no matter how long it's been, it can't just return back to God empty. If he sent a word, it's got to happen. Isaiah 27:3. I, the Lord, do keep it. I water it every moment. Listen, any he heard it. I will keep it day and night. That's what God's doing now. He's watering his word. He's watering the promise. Amen. He's bringing a refreshing from the presence of God. And what has happened to the sea? It causes a quickening on the inside. It causes them to respond. They soak up that water. They swell within. A sprout comes out and begins to push the dirt off of them, reaching toward the light. Yeah. What an hour we're in. Now, the Word is a living thing. Just as the rain comes down and causes the earth to bud and brings forth, so is the Word. It don't return to a void. It will make alive the promise and bring it to harvest. And I want to just say to you, don't give up on your harvest. No matter where you are, no matter what your situation is, don't give up on your harvest. Amen. Those are the words that the Lord gave me from Brother Kenneth here the other day when, when he was laying there and, they, and, and he was in a dying condition, and they'd give up on him again. By the way, he's in the service this morning define all what the doctor said. But I told him, don't give up on the harvest. Amen. You planted a promise. Amen. Amen. He said, well, if I could just live to Christmas, if I could just live to New Year, if I could just live to my birthday. Amen. Well, why don't you just live to the rapture? Yeah. Hallelujah, you got not pass all the other dates, just live. Yeah. Amen. The Word of God says live. Yeah. The Word's a living thing. God waters it, he, he, he keeps it day and night. Now, do you think for a moment that God sent a message this age and it's going to return back to Him void? You know, the the words of the seals being opened as promised in Revelation 5, the opening up of the book, the divine inheritance, restoring back the church to everything that has been lost through the dark ages. You know, the the word of truth and of true doctrine, the, the word of healing, the word of miracles, the word of faith, the word of token life, the original Holy Ghost, the literal life of Christ, a bride without spot or wrinkle. These words are like rain. They germinate and quicken the seed to life. They don't return to him void. And while in Egypt, the angel had showed himself over and over and over how he was strong on their behalf. He had thoroughly vindicated Moses with two signs. The one of the rod turned into a serpent, and he thoroughly put to shame the impersonations of Janus and Jambres. But you see, Pharaoh was a hard man, and he had a hard heart. Mm-hmm. He was a brutal dictator. He was overseeing the, he oversaw the terrible abuse and oppression of the Israelites and the Egyptian failure. Uh, pharaohs had enslaved the Israelites now 400 years. And for population control, he ordered the Israelite babies to be killed. They were a wicked nation. And God was getting ready to judge them. And did Satan ever get a bruising? Come on. Amen. Satan got a bruising. Because, you see, it was an hour and it was a time. For a while, it looked like Satan had just been able to do everything unchecked. Nothing stopped him. Anything that he wanted to do to Israel, he could do it. But there come a time where God said, I've heard their cries, and they ain't one of them been in vain. I heard every one of them. Come on. Amen. But I have come down to deliver. Amen, there comes that time when the presence comes in a supernatural manner, amen, in a way of deliverance. Now, the signs of the rod becoming a serpent, the signs in his hand becoming leprous was not enough to convince Pharaoh. Instead, he became even harder. And the angel by the prophet had brought plagues and then he would bring deliverance. He would bring them, and then he would take them away. And the deliverances didn't bring repentance. It only made Pharaoh harder. And Moses knew this was more than intellectually because for Moses, he had met the pillar of fire face to face. You see, once Moses had met the angel, He became inspired and anointed by the angels. Now, what he did was crazy to the world. He put his wife on a donkey, took a stick in his hand, and said, I'm going down to whip the biggest nation in the world. I'm going to bring the armies of Egypt down to their feet. I'm going to walk in with a message that says, let my people go. Amen. Now, this was an incredible story. Ha-ha. You did what? You're off your rocker, Moses. You went down and you met a what? A pillar of fire and a what? And a bush and it was it God or the angel or what was you talking about in these signs? Amen. But you see, this, none of this deterred Moses. He knew he had met the pillar of fire. He knew he had stood in the midst there in front of that burning bush, and it called him by name, Moses, Moses. Come on, church. God knows your name. He knows your address. He knows you. He knows your situation. He knows how long you've been in bondage. Amen. He knows your situation, but he comes down with a message, I have come. deliver. I heard what the devil's been doing to you. I heard what the enemy's done. But I am here for deliverance. I have come down on your behalf. I am here present. And I want you to know for us the angel is here too. Amen. Speaking specifically of this day, Revelation 10, 1. And I saw another mighty angel. Amen. Revelation 9 describes a pattern. It, 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 it describes Apollyon. It describes all the, the wickedness and the evil in Revelation 9. It, it describes the releasing of demons from the river Euphrates it, and how they come into the world and how they come and attack people and all of these things in the spiritual supernatural realm that are happening today. You wonder today why people can walk in and you say, Well, it's insanity. What caused that insanity? They can walk in and shoot people indiscriminately. They can do all the crazy things that we are seeing. Amen. It's because they're under an anointing. That's right, they're under an anointing. This insanity is coming up on the earth as Satan is pressing down. Is somebody with me now? Amen. We're in a very difficult hour and a very difficult time. You think COVID is coming, has, has been tough? It'll be worse than COVID that's coming. You don't want to be here. That's why you want this escape. It may look like we're trapped right now. It may look like there's no way out. But God never leaves his people without a way out. He'll make a way through, he'll make a way over, he'll make a way around. But God leave his people in a trap. He said, I will never leave you, and I'll never forsake you. Revelation 10 said, and I saw another mighty angel. This was not Apollyon. This was not the wickedness. This was not the idolatry that Revelation 9 closes out on. This is not the time where the smoke comes out of the furnace and it permeates every area of society like smoke does get into every crack and crevice, the clothes, every place that it can get in. Blinds the eyes of the people. Amen. But I want you to see all of that is taking place. But in the midst of all of that, take your eyes off of that angel. Take your eyes off of what's happening in the world. Take your eyes off of the idolatry and the evil. Come on, somebody. Amen. But, Brother Jim, it permeated society. It's got in there and there's liberalism and there's all of this filth and all of this sodomy, all of this evil. And they're saying, yeah, it's all there. Amen. But that's not the end of the story. And I saw another mighty angel. There's more here than there is. Because with one with God is a majority. Amen. So therefore there is more with us than there is with them. There's a greater power than has, the has, than Apollyon has. There's a greater power than the millions of demons released from the Euphrates. It's exactly what's going to give you sanity in an insane hour. And he come down from heaven clothed with a cloud and a rainbow. This is no common angel. This is a covenant angel. A rainbow over his head. His face, his countenance was the full light of the sun. His feet as pillars of fire. So where he touched the earth, he had a people there who were his feet. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. And I want to say to you, he's not a weak angel. He has showed himself strong on our behalf. And as he anointed Moses and sent him out, he's anointing a people for this last day with faith to believe. Amen. He's a mighty angel. Only Christ it could be. Amen. When he come down on the day of Pentecost, he endued men with power. Come on. Amen. We can look and we can see that same mighty one came down on the day of Pentecost in the upper room as a pillar of fire. Who was that? It was Christ had returned in the form of a pillar of fire. Paul would see him on the road to Damascus, and he would see that light, and he said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus. Jesus had returned back to the form he was before he took on flesh. And now he was there among his people. And he come down on the day of Pentecost to endue men with power. Whole selfish Peter, the denier, was turned into a mighty preacher. <laughs> I, I want you to see what I do. When the Holy Ghost comes, it'll take an old denying, lying, cursing Peter. Hey Amen. Come on. In a take an old lion cursing man who would deny the Lord thrice and would turn him into a mighty inferno with the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And he would proclaim that this is that which the prophet Joel spoke of. And he took the keys of the kingdom and opened up the doors of salvation. When they asked, how can we get in? How can we be saved? He said, repent, every one of you, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You think that promise for them only, but the promise is unto you, unto your children, and to them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And if he's still calling today, he's still calling out to same holy let That take a cursing Peter, a man, a lying denier Peter, and turn him into a son of God. It took there in the upper room an old doubting Thomas that now had an inner faith by which he could believe all things are possible. When the angel knocked Paul off of his high horse on the road to Damascus, it turned a Gentile hating Jew into a lover of souls. Hallelujah. It took that self-righteous, holier-than-thou Pharisee and humbled him down, taking away all his arrogance and pride. That's what the Holy Ghost will do for you. Amen. It'll deal with your arrogance and your pride. Took a hot-tempered Jew and made him meek and mild. Come on, somebody. Channel that very thing for the work of the gospel. That's what God will do for you. It took men and women filled with the habits of, of sin and lust spirits and men greedy of filthy lucre and made out of, overcomers out of them. It transformed filthy prostitutes into ladies. And womanizers into gentlemen and the real daddies and the real husbands. Amen. It took raging, beastly men and women with hot tempers and changed them into meekness. It transformed Peter into a preacher with more than an intellectual talk, but a sermon that transformed 3,000 souls at one time. It was more than the turning of a new page. It was more than just somebody, something believed on intellectually. Amen. Amen. And for Moses, it was the same. Before that burning bush experience, Moses knew the word of promise by heart. He had committed it into his mind and his heart, and he could quote it. He knew that word of promise intellectually. Moses was elect of God. He was a predestinated seed. He was born a peculiar birth. But the, And the time was near, and he knew that all intellectually, but that intellectual knowledge needed an igniting by the fire of that mighty angel, and that fire within that bush had now begun to burn in Moses. Come on, somebody. Now the fire wasn't just in the bush. But the fire was burning at Moses. And Moses now walks out with a bone as a stick in his hand, his wife on a donkey, and says, so I'm going to go take over Egypt. God has given me a word. Let my people go. It was more now than a word of promise that was said. Some of his, Some historical God 400 years ago. I'll bring them out. Moses, of course, he could calculate and figure intellectually that the time was up. And he could remember the time he spent with his Hebrew mama. She told him, Moses, you are born a peculiar birth. Moses, you're a Hebrew. Moses, when you come into power, don't forget your people. Moses, Moses, you're, you're the man. You're, you're the one. You're the one God's ordained. We prayed for you. We cried for you. The time is near. And Moses could... Look at there and say, Mama said, I was the deliverer. But he tried it on his intellectual abilities, and all it did was kill one Egyptian. It didn't deliver Israel. Amen. Oh, we've had a lot of moves, and they've done some good things. Maybe make a man live true to his wife, that's a good thing. You know, make a really good man in society, that's a good thing but it hadn't delivered the people. There's a rapture promised. Now, Moses, finally, now we find him coming to this Red Sea. He's led by a pillar of fire. They're hymned in on each side, and yet he's anointed, and he's already seen the miraculous power of God, and the voice of the angel at the burning bush said, Quoting from Exodus 3.12, said, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee, that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, you will serve God upon this mountain. Right? So God had told him that. He had given an explicit word. You're going to make it, Moses. In fact, you're going to come right back to this very place that you met me in a burning bush. And you will worship God with the children of Israel before this mountain. Is that right? Now the word had been given to him. Amen. The word from the angel had spoke. But now Moses is in a condition. He's in a shape here. Where they're trapped and there don't seem to be a way out. And he's crying to God, Why? What have you done? Where have you led us? Now, you know, we can look and we know too that we've lived the time out and the time of the rapture is at hand. We, we're, we know there has to be a rapture in faith that can pull the church together, bring it back to the Word, give it a supernatural strength that can change these bodies that we live in. Amen. Amen. But when we see God who can take a sister who was eaten to a shadow with cancer and raise her back up a healthy, well woman, that ought to give rapture and faith to the people. For that is resurrection body changing power. Amen. There's nothing short of the creator creating a new set of lungs. Amen. And the creation of cells where the cancer had been. One day, one way. Next day, a totally different way. That can only come by a new creation. When we see God that will honor a young girl's faith. Amen. And put the glory back on a girl's head. When the doctor said that her alopecia was hopeless, we should know that same God is present to restore the glory back. The same one that restored the glory to a young girl and gave her hair back is the same God that will restore the glory back to the church. Amen. Amen. Back to our original glory. Oh, hallelujah, it ought to tell us that when the light flashes from the sky and the trumpet sounds in the body of Christ, will be quickly gathered together and changed in a moment and taken into the heavens. Oh, yeah, there's got to be something happen. We're living in the hour of the happening. And let me tell you, my friends, message schools of theology will never produce that. Amen. Yet intellectually, they're all right. And maybe they're doctrinally correct even. But you've got to meet that light. Yes. Amen. You've got to have the fire from that angel ignite the word laying in your heart. Yes. Amen. Amen. That's why every generation must have its own revival. You can't live on the revivals of the 40s and 50s. You cannot live on the revival of the Azusa movement. You can't live on the Methodist revival, the Lutheran revival. Come on, somebody. Amen. you got to have your own revival. Amen. And this is a day where you say, well, revival's over. For the world it is. Amen. But Brother Branham told us, he said, I see the church like Samson. She's been blinded. Amen. She's been taken captive. Amen. But what you don't know is his hair is growing out. His covenant is returning. Hallelujah. His strength is coming back. Amen, if there's going to be one more foul blow of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah, that will blow Satan's kingdom apart. Break down the glory of God and take a bride into a rapture. Amen. Amen. Moses had to come under the anointing of that mighty angel. He came to Egypt with a stern message to the devil. You've held God's people in bondage long enough. That ought to be the message from every pulpit today. Amen. You've held them in bondage long enough. Sins of false doctors held them in bondage. Unbelief has held them in bondage. Satan, you've used demons of torment and whipped them and tortured them with sickness of cancer and diseases and afflictions. Tried to even close us up with COVID. Amen. You've done all of that, but your heyday is over. We got a message from the pillar of fire that says, let my people go. It's a rapture hour. It's a rapture day. Now, Moses didn't just have, you know, a message of what God said. He had signs to back it up. And let me tell you, when this message, with this message came deliverance, when Brother Branham met the angel, it was not just the wild claims of a Kentucky boy, you know, wanting to fame and notoriety, the blind saw. The deaf heard, the cripples walked, those who Satan had taken and warped their bodies into prison houses were set free. The same in Moses' day, he tormented devils. Now, wait a minute. Remember this. Jesus was was asked by the devils, why torment us before our time? So they do know there's a time coming. Where there's gonna be some retribution. Yes. Amen. And you see, when Moses came, he began to torment devils. He brought their gods to naught. He showed Israel that Jehovah is greater than the Nile. He killed it. He turned a god into blood where even frogs couldn't live in it. He tormented them with frogs, then lice, then darkness. Then locusts, then hail, and then destruction on their cattle, and finally death to their firstborn. Amen. Remember, that's the last plague is death, and it's hitting the land. He's the, you know, he's the angel now. This angel, it led them now to this place, to this very place, and they're pinned up in a corner. To go back is to face certain death by the Egyptians. There's no way of escape. It sounds like this hour to me. We're getting pressed. It's not a false alarm. The government forces are working daily to destroy the last fibers of Christianity. The liberals are working overtime to brainwash our kids, to stack the Supreme Court with liberals so to change and rewrite our laws. They're pushing from freedom for freedom from religion. They are pa- busy passing Sodom laws for our destruction. Amen. Listen, where we're at right now, Israel is already in their homeland. Amen. By a divine and sovereign move of God, a natural national force did it. Remember, they're the natural and the natural forces of Israel, or the nations, pushed Israel back to her homeland. And now she's one of the most powerful nations today upon the earth, a force to be dealt with. Let me tell you, God did that in our generation. What was he doing? He was showing by natural Israel what he is doing in spiritual Israel, that he's bringing the people back to their homeland. Hallelujah, but national force and national force put them in their homeland, but let me tell you, it's the power of God that puts members in the bride of Christ. Amen. Here here we got it. We know that national force will put the, the church in the world council of churches, but it'll be the power of God that'll put people in the bride. The world will force one way, and the world forces that way, but God forces upward. Hallelujah. Amen. The spirit of God, which is the word, Jesus said, my words are spirit and life, will put the bride in her place, and because she'll recognize her position in the word, hallelujah, and that puts her in her place by recognizing it's the hour, it's the time. Amen. Oh, my, we see it happening already. We see the powers that are at work, but we know the power of God will rise to raise the bride and the glory out of this. Now, we can't deny that we're getting surrounded and we're getting hemmed in. And not only this, but even the church, the people who go through the tribulation are being pushed to the tribulation. The Satanists with their anti-God liberal agenda are drawing the noose tighter and tighter. Amen. Mark 13, 12. said, Brother shall betray brother to death. And the father, the son, and the children shall rise up against their parents and shall cause them to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be delivered. How many is going to endure to the end? I'm not giving up. I'm not turning around. I'm not going back. Amen. I've heard a word that said, go forward. Amen. And we're crying sometimes. What must we do? You can hear it in people. They're wringing their hands, wondering what in the world are we coming to? We see in Revelation 13 where America rises up out of the land where there is no people and, and makes an image to the beast that come up out of the waters where there were great peoples. And you see her turning from a from like a lamb to his, where it spoke a, as a lamb to speak as a dragon. You see her beginning to become satanic. You see it, and you're wondering, well, can we vote them in? You know, ha-ha, try all you want to. Vote them out. Vote them in. You can't. Even those you vote in turn coat on you. Even you know, even again, you try to have your votes and they rig the elections. All kinds of things are happening in what we call free America today. But I'm telling you, friends, that political political means is not the solution. We don't look to politics for our solution. Amen. We may be him. We may be surrounded, we may have the enemy coming hot on our trail, amen, but God is the one who has a way of escape. It's never been by politician, it's been by the pillar of fire, and he's led us right down to this very spot. And he says, here you are, right now in time, and scripture has gotta be fulfilled. So what are you crying to me about? What you calling on me? Haven't I proved myself among you? Amen. Haven't I called you? Didn't I promise to take you to this promised land? Didn't I, didn't, wasn't, wasn't that me? I'd go down, I'd be with your lips. What you said, Moses, you know, I vindicated. it, I prove it. And then the, the first little thing comes up and you act like a baby. So, well, brother, this ain't no little thing. Well, that was, that to God it was a little thing. Come on. You ought to be a man, Moses. Speak to the people. And then move forward. Amen. Whatever it is, why are you crying to me? Speak and go forward to your objective, whether it's sickness, whatever it is, to raise the dead, or whatever it is, speak. I proved it. Speak to the people. Don't start going backwards. Don't start disbelieving. It's now if there was ever time, march forward. Amen. you say, I've been justified. What well, march a little further to sanctification. You say, I've been sanctified. Well, go all the way to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Come on, whatever it is, move on. Amen. My, what a lesson there. Here we are right at the door that coming of the Lord, and, and these things are right here upon us. But Moses was anointed for the job, and yet he was still waiting For thus saith the Lord, what must I do? What must I do? And God got enough of it. And he says, quit crying. Quit crying. Don't cry anymore. Speak. Use what I've given you. Speak to your mountain. Your mountain has to hear your voice. I can't speak for your mountain. you got to speak for your own mountain. If you say to this mountain, be thou removed. Come on, it's time you as a believer stand up and look the devil in the face and say, I'm not taking any more of this nonsense from you any longer. I'm a child of the most high God. I've been bought by the blood of Jesus. I know who I am. I'm born of Jesus Christ as the son of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, we see the world in this condition. We see things that are happening. We see mystic signs in the skies. We see uh, earthquakes in diverse places. Never a time where we knew in a moment just where all the earthquakes are. Amen. But it's time we go forward. Speak to the people that you go forward. We got an objective, and that's glory. Amen. Amen. We headed to the promised land where all things are possible to them that believe. Hadn't God proved himself among us? Hasn't he showed himself the same yesterday, today, and forever? There's others been in this place before. Come on, you're not here alone. Others before us, go back and look and see where they were. Look at David. He was in the same place. He knew Israel was facing certain enslavement by the Philistines. They had the upper hand. Here was this nine foot and a half tall Goliath. Amen. But David could look back and know, I'm anointed. Amen. Because why? The prophet of God had poured the oil on him. Amen. And he knew God was with him, and it directed his shot when he killed the bear and the lion. You see, he had experiences that he could draw from. God gives us experiences that we can draw from. When cancers are healed, alopecia is healed, brain bleeds are healed, all these things will take place, and God gives us experiences to draw from that we can look back. When the bear came, what happened to the bear? When the cancer came, what happened to the cancer? Amen. When one tried to rob the glory of a young girl, what happened to the alopecia? What happened here and what happened there? Hasn't God been with us? You, you have those experience to draw from in your moment when you're surrounded. When the enemy is there and they don't look a way out. And it's, oh, he's got the upper hand and he's crowing like everything. Ha, 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 ha. You know how he's the biggest, the baddest, the ugliest devil ever walked. And he comes out against the armies of the living God, curses them in the name of his God. Amen. So you know, makes all his threats. It makes all his boast. They let him do it for 40 days. I'm telling you, one day should have been enough. Come on. Why do we want to put up with the devil every day, every day, every day, after day, every day? I'm, I wonder how many sick and, sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired. We all ought to be. I ain't putting up with it another day. But one day, his boast landed on the wrong ears. It landed on the anointed's ear. Amen. And he knew if God could do it once, God would do it again. Because the prophet had poured the anointing oil on him and anointed him to be the next king. Amen. Come on. The anointing oil poured on by the prophet, you're going to be the king. Well, then, what could the devil do to destroy him? This is like Moses in front of here, and he knows what God said at the burning bush. You will bring the children of Israel, and you will worship at this place. Amen. There was a word. Now, we know the word of the seventh angel anoints us to the throne. Revelation 3.21 said to him that overcometh, will I grant to sit with me in my throne. Is that right? Amen. Amen. Now, we know somebody's got to fulfill that word. Amen. Amen. And there has got to be, there is a people anointed to fulfill that word. Amen. Amen. Have you been anointed? Amen. Do you have some past experiences that you can look back? God has been with us. We're not there, We didn't get here alone. He delivered us from down in Egypt. He'll deliver us from this Pharaoh. Amen. We know somebody must fulfill that word. Amen. To the last age. You're the last age, aren't you? Aren't you in the Laodicean age? Amen. There is going to be overcomers in this age. And in this overcomers, they're going to sit down with my father in his throne. You'll sit with me in my throne. Amen. Now, David, when he looked there and he saw the Goliath, he didn't say, Oh God, what must I do? He knew what to do. Goliath was in between him and the throne. Amen. You say, Brother Tim, uh, uh, what what do we do? Well, this Goliath that you're facing, he's been between you and the rapture. You've got a word of promise. I've read one after another after another to you. You say, but Brother Tim, those are funeral scriptures. They are more than funeral scriptures. They are prophecies of the end time. That there's somebody going to be alive and remain at the coming of the Lord. That somebody's going to fulfill that scripture. It's more than just a hope, it's becoming a faith. Yeah. David didn't cry, Oh God, what must I do now? You know. You know, he, he looked back and he said, look, I know what God did in the past. You were there with me when I killed the bear. You were there with me when I took the lion by the beard and I slew him. Amen. So what about this Goliath out there? And when he spoke, he began to prophesy. Is that right? He began to prophesy. Look at 1 Samuel seventeen forty-five. Thou comest with me with a sword and a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied this day. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand. And I will smite thee and take thy head from thee. And I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day to the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He opened his mouth and prophesied. Amen. Today I'm taking your head off. Today, you will be defeated. Today, you will fall at my feet. Today. Amen. That's what the church has got to do. they got to look at the crisis and say, but today. Not today, Satan. You're not going to do what you said. Not today. Amen. There's a David on the scene. They are the anointed of God. They're going to sit on the throne. They're going in a rapture. Now, everything between me and that rapture has got to come down. Come on now, I don't care what it is. If it's a lust spirit on our kids, if it's pornography that they deal with, if it's trouble in the family, it's all gotta fall to the name of Jesus Christ. I did not come to this pot to be defeated. I came here to defeat every devil, every demon of hell. Amen. Amen. Amen, to impart overcoming power to young men and women, that they can walk in the power of God. Amen, we're not a defeated bunch. We are an anointed bunch. We have been in the presence of the pillar of fire. We know in whom we have believed. Hallelujah! And now that means suicide. Spirits has to go. That means lust. Spirits has to go. That means pornography has to go. That means alcohol and tobacco and fornication and adultery and sin all has to. We have come in the name of the Lord God of Israel. And every knee has to bow before the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 David knew it wasn't him that had the power. Amen. He knew it was not the power in his arm. He knew it was not the might and the accuracy of his, of his sling. He knew that his power laid in the name of the Lord God of Israel. And our power don't lie to human ability. Amen. Our power lies in the name of Jesus Christ. The name of the Lord is a strong power and the righteous can run into it and they're safe. Hallelujah. He knew that God would direct that rock straight to the forehead of that giant. Just like that. He knew that God had made him a good shot. He knew he had killed a lion. He had killed a bear. That was all for his father's earthly possession. But here, here was his father's possession. Here was his father's sheep. And he didn't get down and, you know, cry and pray, what must I do now? He spoke, and he said, you will be like the bear, and you will be like the lion. Amen. You you know, he spoke, and he went forward to meet that Goliath. Today, I'm going to take your head off. Amen. Now, often, you know, Brother Branham would paint that David as being drawn up and ruddy. And ruddy, he thought, was unattractive. But the Bible says in 1 Samuel 16, 12, and he sent and brought him in. And he was ruddy, that means he was red, and with all a beautiful countenance, for he was goodly to look unto. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him. This is he. Yes. Don't you remember that day? Amen, when the Lord saw something? Amen, maybe everybody else saw a no good young kid. Amen, maybe everybody else saw a of, you know, a little, you know, an ugly little boy, but God didn't look at him that way. God saw him as a beautiful countenance and goodly to look to. And he said, Arise and anoint him, for this is he. Hallelujah, I remember that day when he anointed me. Amen, I was a no good. I was an outcast. Amen, when he found me, I was in that condition. But brother, the day he anointed me, he saw something. He's a beautiful countenance. He's goodly to look to. Arise and anoint him. David now goes out under that anointing. Oh, they said, you're not able to do it. Saul said, you're not able to go up against this Philistine. You you know, you're a youth, and he is a man of war from his youth. And David said to Saul, your, your servant kept his father's sheep. There come a lion and a bear took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him. I want you to notice something. David was anointed. When you're anointed, you don't run from the devil no more. When you see him come, you run out to meet him. Come on. Amen. And he said, your servant slew the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them. See it, he has defied the armies of the living God. And he said, Moreover, the Lord delivered me out of the paw of the lion, out of the paw of the bear, and he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. Yes. Amen. Well, you know, his brothers kind of got upset with him. You know, you naughty boy, you just come down to see the battle. Why did you come here? And how come you left those few sheep? You're not even worthy to keep a few. You know, sometimes the world don't look on you too but too good. You know, you want to be different from somebody just showing off. You want to be just a show off. Now, I've been show off that have been so, but they were only looking at the intellectual side. They could can, they can only see. They, but you see, it didn't bother David. He knew he was anointed. Come on. Hey Amen. I, I can remember myself, a 15-year-old boy preacher. When I started preaching, well, you know, Tim, you just want to be Mr. Big Boy, and you just want to run with the up and ups, and you're, you're trying to make a name for yourself, and you're, you know, you're too young to be doing this, and there's too many chiefs now, and not enough Indians, and all kinds of reasons why I was not to preach. You, you think you, you, know, you don't get discouraging words? You get a lot of discouraging words. Amen. But I didn't listen to them. Because I was anointed. I knew in whom I had to lead. I knew who had sent me. If man had sent me, man would have to take care of me. But God sent me, so God stood behind me. Hallelujah, he's still with us today. Amen, because he promised he would be there. Amen. David had to speak and go forward. David knew the anointing was on him. It didn't make any difference to him. And he predicted what would happen before it came to pass. Amen. You ought to start predicting what your enemy's going to face. Amen. You ought to start uttering some things out of your mouth. My enemy today is going to meet his end. My enemy will fall at my feet. My enemy. My enemy. Hallelujah, amen, Why? because I'm the Lord's anointed. That's who I am, I'm the Lord's anointed. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. thanks be to God, amen. The same thing today, we must know that we are God's anointed, that we have been called. Now Moses at this point in time is saying, what must I do? What must I do? The people are crying. Why did you bring us here? Didn't you? Didn't we tell you just leave us alone? You know, was not there enough graves in Egypt, and you brought us out here to die? Moses, Moses never did say. uh, Now, you know, you got me thinking. I better go out and try to negotiate a deal with Pharaoh. Let me just tell you, you'll never make peace with the devil. (laughs) You know, when Israel will ever realize that they don't have to give up any of their land. Over and over and over, you know, they want to, they, the enemy says, but this is ours, and they want, oh, well, we'll swap it for peace. You'll never get peace with the enemy. Amen. They'll never find peace by swapping land for peace. Amen. And I'm going to tell you about yourself. You've got to destroy your enemy before he destroys you. Don't try to, any deals with him. You know, some people want to be a Christian and still live with some devil, some habit in their life. Oh, I'm a Christian and you got a monkey on your back. Amen. I we're not to have that burden on your back. You're called to be an overcomer, you're called to rise up above that. You're called to be a triumphant church, not a defeated church. We're not going to leave out of here our heads hung down and in defeat. We're going to leave out of here with a high hand. Say it's going to God. Hallelujah. He is high to our enemy. He has given us victory over death, hell, and the grave. And I'm more than an overcomer For him to him that loves me. Don't try to negotiate with the devil. Tell him today I'm through with you. Devil, I'm through. I can I never deal with you? I'm not swapping my peace. I'm not swapping my joy. I'm not giving up on a promise. I'm gonna have Jesus. I'm gonna have deliverance. I'm gonna have salvation. Young people are gonna pray the way to glory. Amen. To the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We're gonna have God bring deliverance in his church. That's what we're gonna have. We're gonna to have total deliverance. We're not gonna have just partial deliverance, we're gonna have complete. We're living in the hour in the day part. Hallelujah. When the devil tries to send you something, it ain't nothing good. It ain't never nothing good. It's something to harm you. You don't have to sign anything for the devil. You don't have to make any deals. You say, I refuse to have it. Amen. You know, if you, you're sick, you, you accept Christ as your healer, just like you accepted Christ as your Savior. Amen. And when you do, no affliction can stand on you. You stay right with it. Amen. And as long as you have breath in your body, amen, you just stand there and say, I refuse to have it. Come on. This is what you got to have a determination. You, you said, but Brother Timothy, this been a strain in our family line. You know they've all they've all come down, and they, this hot temper has been there. My daddy had and my granddaddy and my great granddaddy, and tore up their home and wrecked them. And now it's on me, and I just can't defeat it. Don't say those things. Amen. Amen. I want to tell you, Greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. You can rise up above everything. Amen. There's nothing can hold you back. Why? Because there's a word from God been released that said, let my people go. You got to show the devil what you're made of. You're born again by the Spirit. You don't have to bow down to his images. You don't want his stuff. Well, doctor says, but your name is all over this. Well, it runs in your family. It's hereditary. You, You have to have it. Amen. I don't care what the doctor said. I know what God said. And besides that, I'm in a different family now. I have all the family attributes because I've been born again. And since I've been born again, I can have faith. I can believe that all things are possible when I believe. I can have joy. I can have peace. I can have his righteousness. I can overcome. So you start right there and you tell the devil, get away from me. Hey Amen. He he listen, he didn't he, he didn't say now you walk up to the devil and say, now devil, I'm gonna defeat you. Listen, you are no match for the devil. But I tell you what you can do. In my name, you will cast out devils. Amen. Instead of going up there and spitting in his face and and, and telling him this and that and the other, and and I, you know, I'm going to whip you today. Don't do that. Go right up to him and just say, God sent me to cast you out. That's why I have come. And I'm going to use what he said. And I'm going to say, get thee behind me, Satan. I don't have to have you in my life. You no longer have control over me. I have not been sent to be enslaved by the devil. I have been set to rule over death, hell, and the grave. I have been set to rule over devil. When I say go, you've got to go. Because of the Son of God, he said, in my name you shall cast out devils. That's the way to treat him. And he hands you something, you hand it back. You say, I don't have to take it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, even Brother Branham said he got so aware that when you pray for people, you apologize. And said, Mr. Devil, will you just please move over? Oh, he said, nothing. Faith has got muscles and hair on his chest. When it speaks everything else, shuts up. Amen. Don't go in. now, Mr. Devil, will you move out? Get out of here. I'm a son of God, commission of God. Leave them alone. Amen. That moves you. You have no apology to the devil. You have nothing to do with him. You're not ashamed of God's word. You're not ashamed of your commission. You're not ashamed of who you are. Amen. You know you're his servant, so you're not ashamed. You're not ashamed of his word. If this is what he said, this is what we're going to do. Amen. This was exactly where Moses stood. He said, why are you crying to me? It's time that you speak this is not a time of crying. This is time to proclaim. Proclaim your victory. Proclaim it. That the enemy you see today, you will see them no more. Proclaim it. Proclaim that this is the hour of the rapture. And I have been anointed to it. And ain't no devil gonna stand between me and the rapture. So if you're coming resisting me, you gotta go. Because the Word said, amen, that somebody going to be alive and remain at the coming of the Lord. There's somebody. Oh, hallelujah. I want to think it's more than just breathing. Amen. I want to think that there would be a people alive, a people vibrant, a people with passion, a people with a drive, a people who are still living, not a dead people, not a bunch of hope souls, but a people who know their God and they do exploits. Hallelujah. Amen. So whatever it is, got to go because I'm a son of God and I have the sword of the king. Amen. Not making no deals. The angels gathering around. Now remember, here they're coming right down to this very moment in time. Here the enemy has come. And he surrounded them. Looks like no way of escape. But I want you to remember the rapture is an escape. Amen. The Bible said that your heart should not be overcharged with suffocating and drinking. Amen. Amen. For why? He's going to make a way of escape, he says. Come on. You're going to escape the things that are coming on this earth. Pray that you will be among those that escape, not who go through it. Our message isn't a tribulation message. Our message is a rapture message. It's that we're going to escape. I've getting ready to leave this world. Amen. The greatest aside ever waits. And ever sin that easily beset you. And run the race with patience. With perseverance. Never giving up. Amen. I won't give up. I won't quit. I won't back down. I won't surrender. I will not retreat. The word of God to me said, go forward. Amen. Go forward into what? Into this red sea. Go forward. Amen. God will make a way no matter which way you make it. It's God got to make the way. Amen. So I'm dependent on God. Come on. Amen. If you walk out in the sea and it gets weights deep, you keep walking. If you come up to nose deep, you keep walking. You don't back up because you know that sea is about to part. God said it. And God's going to do it. Hallelujah. I'm telling you right now, God's making a way. He's making a path. Amen. You may be surrounded. You may be the enemy on every side, but God's making a way right out for you. Hallelujah. Let us prophesy in his name. Amen. God is making a way. He's made that way. The path is open. The way is clear. Your name has been called. You have been anointed. You have been placed. You are in this age for this time. For this reason, you have come. Now go forward. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you ready to say, I'm going all the way? All the way. I'm not going to back it up. I'm not backing down. I'm taking another step forward. I'm persevering more than I ever have. Amen. Let the musicians come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Don't you know that pillar of fire is shining up there? Somewhere the angel's gathering around, just like it was with Israel on the way out of Egypt. Angels all around looking over to God, see what you'd say. Everybody's looking around to see what are you going to say. God said this. The devil says this. Now, what are you going to say? It's your time to speak. I've made my decision. I'm going all the way. I'm not turned back. I can't make deals with the devil. There's only certain death for Pharaoh to stay here. I got to go forward. How did I get here? I was led by pillar of fire to this place. How am I going to get out of here? I'm going to follow that same pillar of fire right through the sea. What a day it's going to be when we look back and we see all our enemies dead in the sea. That cancer that tormented you, that sickness that held you down, that arthritis that made you miserable. That enemy that tried to plague you all your life. And you see it dead in the sea. Won't we have a time? You talk about a shout. Well, I tell you what, you might as well go ahead and shout about it. Hallelujah. I wouldn't wait for them to shout. The word has already said, I'm more than a conqueror. The Word has already given me